As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 30th. I am Michael Beller, joined, if you are watching us on YouTube, as you can see, by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. Guys, you know, this is, right, I mean, if there's going to be a dead period in the NFL calendar, it's probably now, after all the free agency fun has happened, before we're really starting to talk about the draft in the way, at least, that we would talk about it in the fantasy world, when we're really starting to get guys into certain places and talk about the fantasy impact that they could have. But the NFL came through for us here with uh, a couple pieces of uh, big news that we're going to talk about. We've got a huge draft day trade that could influence, that will influence, where some fantasy key pieces are going to land and then what those guys are going to influence on the teams they land on. So we've got that to talk about. And we've got a 17th game that no one seems to want except for uh, the moneymakers surrounding the NFL. So, well, let's talk about those uh, two things here today, guys. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I already jumped ahead and said I want it. So we'll, we'll preview that. I definitely <laughs> want it. I want 18. You want 18. Well, I was just going to say, Jake, it did, probably didn't seem like a dead period when you were working through 85 uh, draft prospects uh, to put out or didn't feel like a dead period when I was editing the 8,000 plus <laughs> words that you put out on those 85 draft prospects. But yes, uh, the the trade the trade uh, hoopla certainly adds to that. So it's been there hasn't really been much rest in this NFL quote unquote offseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all 85 of those guys. We're going to save that for when we get a little bit closer. Let's not talk to about all 85 of them. Well, not all 85. <laughs> but we're going to talk about a lot of them as we get a little bit closer to uh, to the NFL draft. But we're going to save that for a few weeks from now. Um, Jake's going to get himself some time off. I would say some pretty well-deserved time off at some point here. So we'll probably be taking a week off from the show uh, when that happens. I mean... You know, Jake, you gotta you gotta get away for a little bit. Are you, where you, are you gonna go anywhere? Are you just gonna like stick at home and just take some time off? What are you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> got there yet. My brain doesn't work that far ahead. <laughs> oh man, well. It worked far ahead enough to get uh, 85 draft prospects out, and it worked far ahead enough to uh, start thinking about what this trade might mean. So uh, there were a lot of moving parts to this big draft day trade between the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. But for our purposes here, what we're really concerned about is the Niners moving up to the three spot, 
the Dolphins dropping to the 6 via the 12, and the Eagles dropping down to that 12 spot. So we know there's a bunch of other future draft picks, and that's why the Eagles are dropping to 12, and the Dolphins didn't drop back too far and picked up some draft picks along the way, whatever. We know that, but 3, Niners, 6, Dolphins, 12, Eagles, that's what we're most, most concerned with for our discussion here today. So let's start right at the top, Jake. Niners moving up to 3, they're going to take a quarterback. I mean, if you're sitting here and you're thinking about all those Niners in the fantasy world already, uh, who do you want this to be? I mean, what do we make of the Mac Jones rumors? Or what are we thinking as we think about the 49ers making the third overall pick in this draft? Uh, look, they're not going to really go too far with what they're telling everybody because maybe there's somebody who's going to overpay again. Remember the Trubisky trade and move up, and maybe vaguely, they'll move yes, down. Vaguely, <laughs> maybe they'll move down a spot or two, and you know maybe Shanahan's sitting here thinking because you've now heard actually the day of we heard oh they're trading up for Justin Fields, oh they're trading up for Mac Jones, oh they're trading up for Trey Lance, so it's like everybody, everybody, and maybe that's Shanahan. Maybe Shanahan mm-hmm. likes two of them, and somebody comes crazy on draft day and. So I think that when we talk about the Dolphins, too, I think it was smart for these teams to be making trades now because the draft capital is only going to increase of what you have to give up on draft day when you become more panicked and want your guy. But, look, I think it should be Fields. I think Fields should be the number two quarterback. I think that the Jets taking Wilson is going to be a mistake in the long term, although I don't think there's a huge gap. I would definitely go Fields. If Wilson slightly better, it wouldn't shock me, but – to pass again on fields when you get to the third quarterback for Mac Jones or Lance is, would be even doubling down on that mistake. So the rumors out there are Jones. I don't necessarily believe it again because why are you going to mm-hmm. give away? Like this, we see this all the time. Why are you giving away what you're going to do on draft day? But if it is, you know, Shanahan can get the most out of most players, especially running backs we know. And yes. he can get a hell of a lot. If he likes a quarterback, he can develop the quarterback and he can make them into something. So I don't think Mac Jones should be the number three quarterback. I think Mac Jones is kind of a safe quarterback, and you know maybe that's what he likes, and he offers a little bit more in some areas. But if you're talking about – everybody keeps trying to read into the Josh Allen, like we don't want to lose to that kind of quarterback talk that we heard last year. And if you're going down that route, I mean, Trey Lance is the definitive Josh Allen in this draft class. He is somebody who needs to sit for a year who has some issues like Josh Allen with accuracy and decision-making, but has all the skills of Josh Allen, including the run game. So if you're talking about looking at that way and saying, Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback for now, maybe that's Mm -hmm. his plan. Maybe that's his plan. It's like, okay, I want Trey Lance. I think he's got the future of a Josh Allen, but I don't want him to play this year. So we're happy with where we are, and we're drafting for 2022. So I could see all three being there, but if you ask, like you said, the question was, who would I want? I'd go Fields, but I understand any of the three. Honestly, probably Mac Jones would probably be my last that I would go for because he's got the the lowest ceiling in my opinion. He's the safest, but also the lowest ceiling. Uh, I'll just chime in from a personal you know standpoint of being a Seahawks fan. I love the trade as, as a Seahawks fan for the 49ers because look, it, we're talking about five first-round quarterbacks this year. How many of them are going to be good? Two and a half? <laughs> right. Two and a half? And we know the one of them is going to absolutely be Trevor Lawrence. So that just makes that's like a, you know a one in four roulette for San Francisco. What they have to give up? They gave up their first this year and two more firsts in the in in the next two years. And they're such a good team right now. And as a Seattle fan, I was scared of what they would be able to do in the next couple of years with that with that draft capital and adding to what they mm-hmm. already have there. And they were good enough just not that long ago to go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and be winning that Super Bowl 
and and be on By the two press. scores in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and they <laughs> and I really think that look at the way they're constructed. They could probably continue to do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year was a was just a bad a bunch of you know the stars didn't align, a lot of bad injuries and stuff like that. But they, there's no reason why they couldn't have come back this year and and done the same thing. And I feel like they've mortgaged mortgaged their future a bit for a big dice roll. Our uh, pal and colleague, uh, Michael Salfino, I've seen him talking a lot about how he, he believes that, you know, it's all about environment, right? And that whoever, whichever quarterback ends up in San Francisco is going to be the best fantasy quarterback this year because they have the best environment around him. I think that's a bit of a stretch when you're considering uh, how good Trevor Lawrence is and the fact that uh, Jacksonville's not exactly putting a bad environment around him that he's stepping into with all the playmakers that he's going to have. But let's just attack this from the standpoint of will whoever ends up being the starting quarterback in San Francisco this season be fantasy viable because of all the weapons he is going to have around him? What do you got here, Jake? Well, no, because I don't think they're starting this year. I think even if it's Mac Jones. What uh, if it's I Garoppolo? I mean, I, just whoever's the person in San Francisco. No, I don't. No, Garoppolo, no. <laughs> because if it's Garoppolo, no. And so if it takes a few weeks for Mac Jones or whoever it might be, if it's Lance, like, it, look, the, the fact is quarterbacks, like the Justin, everybody's going to remember Justin Herbert last year, and that's going to skew a lot of things. You know, Brandon mm-hmm. said two and a half because I think some of the best drafts have been three. Like if you go all the way back to the Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers was three. Uh, some of the other drafts like Lamar Jackson, like the best you're probably seeing is three. Maybe right. if you include the entire draft, like a fourth slips in there. So that's why I think you went with the two and a half. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. Oh, but, that, was about my, so, that was about right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd say Lawrence is definitively – uh, you could make a case for Wilson because he has some scrambling ability. I think if Fields ended up there or Fields ended up with the number three pick and they were willing to go with Fields from day one, you could because of the rushing ability. But mm-hmm. that's the problem. We're talking fancy viable. You have to land in a scenario where you're starting quickly and you have to have some rushing upside. So whoever lands in San Francisco, if they're not starting day one, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo for fantasy. Yeah. I don't. I never have. Um and you could go back and check the tape on that one. I never have. I never got into the the hype. I thought it was ridiculous at the time. Uh, but even if somebody's there, they're probably not starting day one, and that's the issue. So if you said, okay, Mac Jones takes over week seven, maybe from there on out I'll be interested. But I just think with how deep quarterback is at this point, no, I don't think San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm sure anybody who wasn't, wasn't watching the video shaking my head, no, Trevor Lawrence is definitively the best fantasy quarterback in this draft class because let's not underrate the Jacksonville Jaguars skill players around them. They don't have George Kittle, but that's a hell of a squad that they, and they're not done. And they still have the draft too. Yeah. You know, I think to your point, if Jimmy Garoppolo going to be relevant in fantasy, how do you just like 16? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he was. He was number 15 when he played in 2019 at 20, right around 4,000 there. If he plays 16 games, he'll be unrelevant in my mind, but I think he'll be like, uh, you know, one of the better QB two second quarterback league kind of quarterbacks. But uh, yeah, I think if you, if you were to put a rookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, yeah, right. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be relevant. I think whoever whoever QB starts. Well, will Matthew be Stafford relevant last year. There's enough for weapons there. I mean, it's certainly yeah. if it's a Justin Fields or somebody like that, and you can throw the rushing numbers in there. Absolutely. Um, you know, look at Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. for as 
for as, you know, kind of, you know, unrefined as he is right now in that mess, we know that the ability to run is going to shoot your ceiling up so much higher. So, yeah, just another feather in the cap of the guy that they have behind center is a guy that can also run. Where's Carolina left in all this? Where do we? Th- I mean, because you know they've obviously been linked to a lot of quarterbacks, and Justin Fields is a guy who gets mocked to them a lot. I mean, are they sort of left out in the cold? Do we think they could try to trade up and get back into this and, and get themselves into Justin Fields' territory? No, I think they would have if they wanted to. I think that they're kind of in a situation as they're happy with Bridgewater. They know they could upgrade, but unless they could upgrade in the way they want to, mm-hmm. they're not going to get crazy. So, if something happens on draft day and Fields is getting close to them. Maybe they move up a spot or two, you know, like yeah. something like that. Or you know, maybe they're a quarterback. And maybe they don't like Fields. You know, there's right, some right. parallels people are drawing because we know what people will do with quarterbacks and the parallels mm-hmm. that they're drawing. But there are differences between Fields and Bridgewater it's like when you look at the quarterback themselves. So um, maybe their guy isn't Fields. Maybe their guy was Zach Wilson. And maybe they didn't want to trade up unless it was Zach Wilson. And from hearing that the Jets turned down reportedly the same deal that San Francisco was offering because they want Wilson, then if they don't want anybody else, then they're going to sit tight and maybe just go with Bridgewater and sit into next year. And although next year's draft class isn't looking too great as of today. But unless, like I said, unless their guy ends up slipping a little bit, I think they're fine going with what they have. You know, sometimes, you know, unless it's, it's the argument I always make is like, unless you're getting your franchise quarterback, like I'm the guy who likes to yeah. go in and say, you know what, give me a franchise quarterback. If I fail, right. I'll do it again in three years until I get my guy uh, because I don't want to be stuck in the Andy Dalton perpetuity of he's good enough that we can win with him, but he's not going to be the guy that yeah. makes us a championship team. And I, it's not, I'm not trying to hate on Andy Dalton, but there's a lot of guys like that. Like We could go down the list of Ravens quarterbacks, Joe oh, wow. Flacco, yeah. Trent Dilfer, um, <laughs> all these quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls with teams. You, you could put Eli Manning in that conversation. You put Eli Manning on a different team, and he probably doesn't have two Super Bowl wins. Mm-hmm. Like There's guys you can win with. I'd rather find the guy that will make me win. And they might realize that Teddy Bridgewater might be the guy you can win with, but so are some of these quarterbacks in the draft. And they're just fine with, well, then why, why spend the capital to move up in the draft to get exactly what they have anyway? Yeah, and I think the, the problem is, is now you have the, the top three teams automatically we know are going to draft a quarterback and we don't right. know who San Francisco is going to draft. Right. And then Atlanta could take a quarterback as mm-hmm. well. So the top four teams are in play for a quarterback. The only team, you know, at in, in top five, it's not is Cincinnati. So what are you trading up for? You don't know what you'd end up with, even if you did, and you're not going to be able to trade up with the teams that want the quarterbacks right. and jump ahead of them to get the quarterback, you know, and take it away from them. So it's, it's going to be tricky. I think you're better to wait and see how the, you know, the landscape kind of plays out for the first five picks or four picks. And then, you know, or find out whether Atlanta wants to take a quarterback. And if not, maybe they're the team that ultimately makes a deal with like a Carolina. But uh, San Francisco not kind of revealing their hand makes it tough right now. Exactly. And then I think you're going to. So it's that and what people I threw that out, Brandon. I'm glad you mentioned this. I said if Atlanta's sitting there at four and the quarterback that Carolina likes is there, it's a perfect situation. But people threw right. out the like, you're going to trade into inside the division. Okay, two things here is, yes, division trades happen. If it's the best <laughs> offer, it's the best offer. Atlanta's yeah. not going to sit there and be like, screw that. We could get all these picks. We don't want Carolina. So, But there is going to be an ex- not an exorbitant price increase, but there is going to be a price increase because it is in the division. So you're right mm-hmm. and you're wrong at the same time. Like if Atlanta knows it's the best deal and they can't get anything else and it will help their team, they'll take it. But they're probably going to ask a little bit more because it is Carolina. So 
you might have that fighting where Carolina doesn't want to give up that much because they didn't want to give up that much to get to Zach Wilson, which uh, might not be an option anyway. But maybe they're like, hey, we'll give up you, you know, a first and a third, but that's it. And Atlanta might come back and be like, no, give us two firsts and that type of thing. So I could see it, and I'm with you, Brandon, but Atlanta might just be in that situation where it's the division trade and that might hold things off. Mm-hmm. Well, so it depends on the it's the you know it's the perspective. If, if Atlanta's like, man, we can saddle Carolina with what is being graded as a fourth quarterback oh, off the board, to draft, you know, <laughs> plus we can take some draft plus. capital from them. They may want to, they may be eager to do that. So, uh, you know, it just depends on what, what their draft grades are. Oh, on you think Trey Lance is good? Yeah, he sucks. Take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Exactly. We will set this up for you on a silver platter. <laughs> yeah, we want to play against that guy for the yeah. next few years. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Let's take a look at this from Miami and Philly's standpoint. I think that you know we had pretty much moved off the idea of you know, Miami. If Miami was going to be making a move for a quarterback, then it didn't seem like they were going to draft one, right? It would be using Tua as a trade piece to upgrade with a veteran. Uh, moving down to right. six, clearly, they're sticking with Tua for the 2021 season at the very least. So, you know, what do we think about Tua now going into uh, this this new season, a season where he's unquestionably uh, the starter for the Miami team? Uh, we know, obviously, that was not the case for him last year. Got you know, half a season's worth or so of starts under his belt. Uh, some interesting pieces in that Miami offense. Uh, how are we feeling about him going into this 2021 season? Where we add on Tua Tungabailoa as we're uh, getting ready for the very, very early stages of draft prep, Jake? Uh, if I could take this mic with me and run around the living room and do a victory lap, can I? Can I do that? Can I? It's like, let me see. As I long as you're not going to damage any of your equipment, I mean, if you could figure it out, we'll let you do it. We'll figure out a way to do it. Look, I, I, I said the exact, and that's why. I, look, I, I'm wrong on things, but I, I'm making a joke of it. But the, the, the two thing is what you're saying. I said unless, and this is before the situation with Watson started to unfold. But like, unless they were trading for Watson, Tua was going to be the quarterback. They weren't drafting one. You don't draft Tua mm-hmm. last year. And off of a half of a season of being yanked in and out, and yes, he looked shaky at times, but they're switching the offense on him. It's a season where we talked about all these rookies, a lot of them, including the running backs, didn't show up till late in the season because no training camp, no preseason, like all these things. And like it's it's the same thing we talk a little bit about baseball. And for everybody, stick with me who hates baseball, but we throw out the 2020 season for some people, but not for others. It can't be both. Pick one. If we're going to say all these rookies were impacted by no offseason, you're asking a quarterback to come in. Look at the Cam Newton situation. You're asking a quarterback yeah. to basically do what Cam Newton did, who's not a veteran in the NFL, who needed some development. Two is the guy. So I feel good about Tua. I don't think he's a QB1 for fantasy purposes, but I still think Tua is a very talented quarterback. I think Tua is in a great situation. I think the Dolphins are extremely smart in what they've been doing. They've essentially 
took a third, moved down to six to get a first and a third. That's like, you're going to do that every single time. I'll do that every single time. And that's the net result. And I still think it's because, and we actually had this text message exchange. I think it's, they probably like two wide receivers and they figure why spend the capital at four to draft that one. And when we can drop down a few spots and still get one of the two guys we like. And I think that's just what their confidence is. They don't think three wide receivers are going inside the top seven because of the quarterbacks. And they can still get their guy. And maybe there's such a slim margin that they're happy with either one of them. And I still think they're getting their number one wide receiver of the future. Yeah, and I, I was speculating. And I, I had this text exchange with Jake. I was just like, oh, are they... Would they consider a quarterback at number six, like a Mac Jones, who's been in, you know, who's teammates with Tua in college, and, you know, just to cover their bases because you know, they went out and they got Will Fuller? Right. Um, but I, but Jake was like, no, I think it's a receiver. And I've, I've come around. I think it is a receiver. And I think they're going to end up getting their choice of the number one receiver because, again, I think it's, it's very good, very likely that there'll be four quarterbacks in a row taken in Cincinnati who could take a receiver. I think mm-hmm. goes with the, with the insurance of Joe Burrow. They got to protect that guy, and it's got to yes, be Penny right. Sewell in my mind. So I think what Miami ends up getting is probably Jamar Chase if they feel like he's their number one guy. I would think, you know, my opinion, Jake's opinion, Jamar Chase is the number one receiver. He's a stud. Um, but if it's Devontae Smith they like or, or Jalen Waddell, whatever, I think they're going to have their choice of it, and I think that probably makes more sense. It doesn't make sense just looking across the draft board of defensive players and other players available mm-hmm. that it's anybody other than a receiver. Um, it doesn't make sense it's a, it's a defensive player that they would make that move from 12 to 6. How excited are we about that offense if that, is, if that ends up being <laughs> the case? If we've, so we got Tua, we've got Miles Gaskin for the time being, and then – a Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jamar Chase, or fill in the blank with a different receiver who they think is better it, with that sixth spot. I mean, that becomes a pretty fun fantasy offense, doesn't it? It does. And uh, just to real quick to add one more point to that is that's why I'm even more confident in the wide receiver because I think the doubling down of their movement is that they move down to 12. Well, two, three wide receivers could be off the board by then. So right. they move back up. Because they want to get their guy. Like, so a lot of people were out there speculating, like, why do you move back up after getting – because they still want a wide receiver. They must have had that eight. all in place, right? That, like, they, right. I, I feel like they don't, just, they don't trade down from three if they don't know they're also moving back up to moving six. Moving right? back up. 100%. Yeah. Like, I think they're yeah. working both deals at the same time. These are like mm-hmm. what you see sometimes in fantasy is like, I could trade this and then turn this person to whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I always tell people, like, don't do the second, don't do it unless the second one is in your inbox yeah. and you can hit accept <laughs> right after you hit the first one because right. you don't want to do that. You don't want to get stuck at 12 if you're the Dolphin. So that's why I even think more so is that's why it's a wide receiver. So you put a wide receiver, whoever the three it might be, maybe mm-hmm. they shock the world and it's not, and maybe they go pits or maybe they go with a wide receiver that's not in my top three and just off the board. But the point being is this is going to be a fun offense, period. Unless Tua is just a failure in the NFL, and I don't think he is, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping this offense from being one of the most dangerous in the AFC where now, no, they're not the Chiefs. No, they're not at that level. But we're talking top 10 offense, easily doable. Yeah, and I'll just reiterate what I said last podcast. Internally, they went out and they they signed Will Fuller, one of the best deep threats in the league. You know, yeah. that tells me that they have some kind of confidence in just in seeing Tua on a day in and day out basis that he's going to be able to take advantage of Will Fuller's skills. And if they go out and they get a Jamar Chase, it's kind of the same deal. And I think if if Tua doesn't end up working out and you're investing in like someone like a Jamar Chase, well then you have him in place uh for the next quarterback that comes mm-hmm. into play there and then it's just hitting the ground running. So by the way, um, yeah. Live update. 
Justin yes. Fields just ran a four four four. I mean, just get like I, I would love him on that Niners team. How much fun could that be? Oh, man. <laughs> on any team, period. Any 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 team is true, but like. I would much rather if you know the I have I have no investment in the the goodness or badness of either the 49ers or the Jets like I, I just as an impartial football fan like let's just, let's get Fields to San Francisco and Kyle <laughs> Shanahan and just not on the Jets please. Yeah, the interesting Shanahan you can look at what he's done with his quarterbacks like you go to Matt Ryan like Matt yeah. Ryan had his MVP season with Shanahan, Robert Griffin before he got hurt had a great mm-hmm. season with Shanahan. Yes. Like he has a pretty good track record of getting the best out of what he has at quarterback. So that's scary. Again, going back to my Seahawks the, fandom, that's scary. The, the 49ers offense not becoming a, a hopeless puddle with right. C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins filling in for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that. yeah, I would love to see Justin Fields there. So hoping impartial football fan of me that wants to see that. signed Chase Daniel. Where, where did he recently? Like, God, that guy is he just He signed somewhere. I can't, yeah. <laughs> where was the it? the life of him. I had to look this Good up. Good grief. Making Chase, another, like, quick, easy million, right, this season? Know, Wasn't that what it was? He's like. What isn't he like thirty four now or even older? And he's just been hanging around. Everybody's backup in the freaking NFL, uh, the Chargers. Just look at who's the most durable quarterback yeah. and sign as a backup. There, he's thirty four. <laughs> he's coming. Yeah. He's coming to Seattle soon. You know, yeah. Russell turns Wilson 30, 35 in October, <laughs> and here he is. Just he's got sixty nine I mean, games to his career. Over they're they're going to have to do a. They're going to have to do a thirty for thirty. Seasons. Gonna have to do a thirty for Daniel. thirty on his career. <laughs> Like yeah. what an awesome, <laughs> Two, uh, like three, it, three, there's three. an argument to be made that Chase Daniel has had like the most fun career of any yeah. player in NFL history. Made this all this generational he... wealth. He's got a ring, doesn't he? <laughs> well, because he was on the Saints twice. Yeah, so yeah, for, with the Saints. The <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, just unbelievable. What a career. Hats off to you, Chase Daniel. Um, uh, yeah, Eagles? I'm not knocking him. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. It's awesome. I wish I could. I wish I could have had Chase Daniel. Good Daniel's work career. if you can amazing. get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, moving back to 12, uh, obviously this is more of a, a trade for the future for this Eagles team that feels like it is potentially in another, uh, maybe step of a rebuilding process here this season, but Hurts and this offense, I mean, how are we feeling about him going into the season? You know, I'll just say that it seems like moving back to 12, if you look at a lot of the draft mocks and stuff, that is kind of the wheelhouse for the top tackles on the board, like the... Uh-huh. Was it Slater from Northwestern and Elijah Vera Tucker? I mean, Sewell's going to be gone, but there's like three other really good tackles, and you see them all kind of in that in that mid you know mid the low teen range. And I think Emory loves the one from Virginia Tech. Yeah, is it Darashaw or somebody like yeah. that? Um, but they need they need offensive line help, and I think that's kind of they traded back into the wheelhouse of the first round talent at there. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for their their direction. I wouldn't be shocked. If they go wide receiver there to pair with Jalen Rager, depending on what falls. But yeah, there's all this being said is you make that trade because they're trying to rebuild this team. And mm-hmm. we know that, like Brandon said, is, you know, but Fields is the answer. I say for now, or uh, Hertz is the <laughs> Fields. They're both the answer for now. Hertz uh, is, is the answer for now. And I say for now because, you know, again, there's no guarantee as much as we can boast about their talents we could also mention that even trevor lawrence isn't a guarantee although if i think anybody screws up trevor lawrence it's the jaguars but <laughs> it, it comes down to like no players are guaranteed no, ba- no matter how much we want to laud them for their ability but yeah hurts for fantasy purposes you guys know i, I have him inside just inside my top 10 and it's mm-hmm. mostly because of the rushing upside and for anybody that wasn't listening at the time when we have talked about him 
I think he's a perfect com- combination of like Josh Allen before Josh Allen became Josh Allen and Kyle Murray. Like, so you get more rushing upside, you get some of the inaccuracy, but you get mm-hmm. overall where you could see him hitting that top 10. But I think that's what you need. Like, whether it's offensive line and wide receiver in the second round, they need to do things on this offensive line and for the receiving game to give him some more opportunities to succeed. Yeah. To succeed, And we don't even know if Ertz is going to be there next year. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be nice to see. It looks like they're going to purge Ertz, and they've already purged Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Just kind of – it's that's a good reset button to push, Definitely. I think. It's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be a fun reset, I think, for that uh, for that Philly team. And you know, I, I can't remember exactly what weeks it was that Hertz was having his good games, uh, but people at least got to their championship games because of what he was able to do as a runner once he took over from Carson Wentz. So he will be someone I think one of the more interesting guys that we look at once all the dust settles and we know what that team is taking into the 2021 season at the skill positions. A very interesting guy to debate this summer as we are really getting ready for our fantasy football drafts. All right, guys, we got a little bit more news to tackle before we wrap things up on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And that's the fact that we're getting a 17th game uh, in the 2021 season. I guess not officially, but all signs point to us getting a 17th game in the 2021 season and beyond. Uh, You already heard off the top. We have a little bit of a difference of opinion on this. I hate it. Jake likes it. I think that we have, I mean, the NFL, just two years ago, we had this perfect, beautiful uh, playoff system with six teams that worked out just so nicely. Uh, Everything fit together really well. Two teams getting buys, four other teams in the playoffs. Loved it. We ruined that this past year by adding a seventh team that resulted in in an eight and eight Bears team getting into the playoffs. And I think we're going to see more eight and eight teams in the playoffs in the future. Uh, Hate that. And now we have a 17th game. We're messing with a perfectly constructed schedule format that the NFL has. I hate it. Jake, you like it. Make the counter argument. I mean, it's not it's the counter argument. It's more football games. That's what it all would be. But the only part to not like about it is it should be 18 because the unbalanced schedule, particularly mm-hmm. home and away, is just ridiculous in my opinion. I just you got the entire and just an example. Just just because I know this has nothing to do. I'm not like oh poor Giants because you know I don't want them to win anyway because I want Gettleman <laughs> gone. But the fact is like you look at the entire NFC East and they all play road games in the week 17. Well, I don't know. This is official. The whole NFC. The whole NFC is going to play road games. Yeah. So like, oh, it's the, all the NFC. I didn't even look. It's the entire NFC. It's the the AFC and and they're alternating. So the AFC will, every AFC team gets an extra home game this year. Every NFC team. That's not quite as bad. And so on. I mean, that's not quite as bad because it's the entire NFC versus the entire AFC. And it's not like the NFC North and the NFC West get home games. And then the NFC East. So that's not, but it's still kind of, stupid for that point being it's just you're adding another imbalance to the schedule but I like it more for a couple of reasons just not more games it's, again I, I kept going with you know I've been saying this for a long time the 18 games two preseason games to offset it two bye weeks keep these players healthy push it up mm-hmm. to where Super Bowl lands on President's Day weekend every single year and that's the biggest yep. thing but also is talk about the balance thing uh, there's two parts here. So the NFL hasn't expanded their regular season for the longest of all the sports. It's actually been the yeah. lo- was it 1974 or something? Four, like that? Yeah, like 40, 78, I think. So we're talking about 43 years here. Yeah, one of the longest. Ever. It, it needs to happen, but also is when the four divisions came up, and that's the biggest thing. Is it used to be you guys remember this? It used to be a lot more flexibility with three or four games, even be earlier, yeah. where you could adjust the schedule for strength from the year before. Now it's just two games. So. There's very little difference between finishing first and last in the division now 
of what your schedule should be for the next year. And I know the schedules don't always consist consistently overlap because we see teams go from worst to first and all that, but it just adds more. So like you add that extra dimension where you can strengthen or weaken the schedule even more. And I think that's more appealing, but I just want 18 games because I want more football. It's just really cool. I want more football. Get rid of the preseason equitably get rid of uh-huh. drop yep. down to two precinct games and I want more football and this is coming from somebody that now has to write an additional <laughs> week I, w- I don't mind yeah. writing an additional two weeks but actually would be three yeah. weeks because you've had a, a second buy in there but 18 is definitely better than 17 that's my yeah and if you want to argue that that's fine mm-hmm. you don't want more say? football you want more uh all in to come up you know for lack of a better word football because you you know you're giving the Heisman to week 17 already in the in the crazy week as you call it but <laughs> I, I agree. I like more football. That's why my you know my longtime league plays plays out week seventeen. But um, you, so you now said you're going to play out week eighteen. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, I somebody am. asked uh, about that, and I said you're going to. It's the same argument. You're going to if you want to play week eighteen champion. It's the same argument. Is yeah, the reason people the it's reason gonna people be worse of an argument because they're going to be way more resting with a longer season. Now they're going to uh-huh. definitely exactly. if there's any question they will rest I, the guy. I but, was going to immediately argue against it. Yeah, you kind of yeah. took that out there. But the um, thing is, is like the reason that people for week 17, the reason it's an argument for right now anyway, is because people want to play as many regular season games as possible for fantasy mm-hmm. purposes to try and get the best teams in the playoffs. So if you do a two week one, which is what the guy was asking, it still comes down to the debate of like, well, do you want to cut off your season at week 13 instead of 14? So anyway, go ahead, Brad. Um, oh, you were, you were talking about the 18 game schedule. It's going to happen. I mean, you just look 1960, right. they played 12 games and here we are. We're what sixty years later. They're at seventeen, so an average of every twelve years. You know, if you want to just do the numbers there, they add a game. They'll they'll add it. You know, and it's been a long layoff, but now I don't expect that they're going to have just as long a layoff to add another game. I think it's mm-hmm. what's going to happen is this is going to work out. They're going to feel like it works out. They're going to enjoy the extra money. They're going to say, oh, this you know inequitable schedule is not working. We need to add another game. Yep. Um, and then they'll cut just back cut the out preseason make- even further. Cut back preseason even further. So that, that's going to happen. I think this is the, the step to making that happen. Yeah. Throw every, I mean, every team should get a second bye. I would have been in favor of a second bye week with 16 games. I think with 18 games, that'll be something that the players' union will be able to secure. So, um, you know, so, if heading that way, and I think that you know, that could be fun, and then we'll see how they end up adding to the schedule. But uh, what do we do think we for – yeah, no, go, ahead. go ahead. You know, ask the question. You might be asking the question. By, by the way, can I, I would say, what we... do we do in fantasy leagues? How do we do, what, like mm-hmm. what's how do we make the change? Oh, what's the, the best way to add in the seventeenth week? Do you uh, my, do you just, just push, push everything back a week? Push it back a week. I mean, do you make yeah, an argument everything. for a two week championship game? If that's the same thing that you can go back to. Look, if you want to start your playoffs in week fourteen and go fourteen, fifteen, and then sixteen, seventeen for the championship, uh-huh. that's fine. But you're going to get what I think is like you're going to get fewer games for everybody to play, and that's really yeah. what the appeal is. Like, how long do you want to keep everybody invested? So, um, it's why you lose in points leagues in fantasy baseball. Why you lose some people in September because they stop caring because they're not involved right. anymore. So. Right. I understand both arguments. Here's what I say: Like I'm always going to give my recommendation to how. I, that's why I have the best league settings. <laughs> and if you want to play that way, you want to play that way. If you don't, if you're Brandon, Brandon and I will argue about this till the end of the earth. But <laughs> if you want to play that way, go play that way. I'm not saying yeah. don't. It's just yeah. this is what I would recommend for my reasoning. And so if you want to play that way, but I think the interesting thing is not even that, Mike is. You know, for me, it's just easy. Push everything. Trade deadline. Everything goes back one week. It's very simple. I agree. I'm with you there. But I think draft strategy probably comes a little bit. I don't think it's going to be huge, but I think this will make 
a little bit bigger of a push towards the stalwart running backs and even if you don't get one of them, even more weight on running backs because you're going to see more timeshares keeping running backs healthy like the Packers have been doing. Like You're going to see the Packers being kind of more common than we've even seen already because now you're also going to get to an extra week and look at last year. Everybody chasing Gaskin and everybody chasing Balazs and everybody chasing all these running backs at the end of the season. Those are still going to be there, but now they're going to probably be even an extra week of dealing with that. So you can kind of see where that gap widens a little bit of get your stud, and if you don't, just wait. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I, You know, going back to the two-week championship, I think that's the smart way to go. That's probably the way I'll go, um, just because – Another reason people get disinterested if they're not in contention, but they also it's it's a holiday season, right? And like you're gonna yeah. lose people anyway. So the <laughs> the teams that are playing they're playing well and playing for the championship, you're not gonna lose their attention, but you're gonna lose everybody else's. So I think that is the way to go. The only problem with that is not I mean, you know, the the providers, the game providers are gonna have to be a lot more nimble with what they offer in terms of playoff schedules. Because right. I know that that's not like, like I know on Yahoo, I don't think you can do a two two uh, you know week playoff thing right now i know you can on espn but uh you know some of these game providers are gonna have to probably adjust and be a little bit more nimble in what they offer Mm -hmm. i like the idea of just pushing everything back i like getting everyone a 14th regular season game without having to have a uh week 17 what we knew as week 17 now a week 18 championship game but we get 14 regular season games for everyone so uh, i do like i think i like that the best but i could be like there's a lot of fun ways to play fantasy right there's uh, i could be talking to being in a league with a doubleheader championship which would be a lot of fun for the two people who are yeah. uh, who are involved in that uh in that doubleheader championship so uh, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be something that's uh that's fun to talk about fun to debate and uh, a change that none of us has dealt with right unless um you know someone some godfather of the industry remembers uh making the change back in 1978 <laughs> when they were uh, playing uh, some sort of touchdown only league and were the only 10 people well, in the world who played fantasy football <laughs> to go to a brand Cliff carpenter earlier, or whatever right is <laughs> sharpentier Am I, am I mistaken? Is I thought the week I thought the seventh playoff game was or playoff team was only for 2020. Does that? I was going to ask you guys that because I wasn't sure if that was just a you know a pandemic. You know, I thought that was a pandemic thing. and then re. Am I wrong about that? I thought I could have sworn that was permanent. Is it? That's what I'm asking because well, while you're looking, I think it's permanent. Like the DH was supposed to be permanent. I, I yeah. Don't know so if while you're while while it. you're double checking, <laughs> what I was going to say, Brandon, what you said earlier about week 17 about more people. Re- I actually think it could end up being fewer people resting because now you have more people potentially still hunting for a playoff spot because another game. So we're still in it when you're right. not. Yeah. And then especially if it's a seventh team, but I, but again, I thought the seventh team was thrown not. out there just for 2020. Yeah. No, is, I, I thought this it's, it's all, it's, it's all CBA negotiated. Even the 17th game is the CBA stepping. It's their plan to, like you said, probably get an 18th week. Yeah. <laughs> well, knowing, can we like, just say from a reality standpoint, this is horrible for the players. Football's brutal, you know, and all yeah. the players That's are grousing about this and they, and they should, I, I mean, it's, it's way better what you were saying, Beller with the two buys. If they go to eight, 18 games with two buys is way better than 17 games with one buy. Yes, for sure. I mean, especially think about those teams and I don't, I haven't seen anything like this, but like, they really should condense when the buys happen. Like, think about those teams that have like a week four buy. Yeah. Right? Something like yeah. that. And then they're looking yeah, at playing like, like four months of unbroken football. They should have like yeah. eight teams on buy for a, like a four week stretch yeah. and just have it be done, you know? I am, like I, I'm having, I'm having trouble finding mid- information on this. It, uh, I'm, I'm finding plenty of things about it, but I'm not seeing anything about if the change is temporary or permanent. 
Yeah, see, I thought it was just like the whole like, is this going to affect the 2020 season? And they were like, well, we'll even have one. Like, th- I just remember that conversation. So I don't remember if it's permanent or not. We'll probably I get think a it's permanent. people telling us we're stupid. I think it's permanent. Everything I'm finding, <laughs> there's definitely nothing that says it's temporary. Right. All right. We'll leave that hanging out there. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But so I think it, I'm pretty somebody sure. Somebody do a better is, Google uh, search than we're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm on Zoom here. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes as to when I'm, I'm going to time find. code everything. Yeah. I'm looking for it. I'm talking to you guys. I'm thinking about what I think we should do to change our fantasy footballs. It's, it's a lot to do. And then come up with the right Google search. So, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm ending the show. That's going to do it for us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I said, the last show in March. We will be back with you uh, next week. Uh, we'll start to dig a little bit into the uh, NFL draft. And hey, I think we, I think uh, as we, I think April should be like an NFL draft themed month for us. And we'll talk about the draft and fantasy and uh, fun gambling props that we can get into uh, for the NFL draft itself. So looking forward to a fun April here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for Brandon Funston and Jake Seeley. I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching, because I should point at the camera and not at my screen. Thanks for watching. If you're watching, we'll talk to you later. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.